At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VEASAN's College Football Betting Podcast. Welcome in, everyone. Another edition of the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast as we continue to break down every conference in college football. We've Done the Power Fives. We're going to do the Power Fives again. And just a little programming note, uh, you might want to watch out. First week of August, I think we're going to have some uh, fresh content regarding those Power Five conferences. But today, ladies and gentlemen, you've got a treat. Conference USA. And uh, I'm going to do a little quiz to the folks out there. We're going to, I want I want to just do silence for a little bit and see how many people could actually get uh get how many teams are in this conference. But before we do that, let's welcome in the man who broke down this glorious conference, the one and only Adam Burke at Skating Tripods on Twitter. You know, we got to give love to everybody. There's 10 conferences out there, 11 if you include the independents, and uh, Conference USA, technically an FBS conference. Glorious doing some very heavy lifting uh, (laughs) to describe this conference to say the least. But yeah, it looks, uh, looks quite a bit different here this season with uh, some teams moving over to the AAC, as we discussed in a previous episode of the show. So if you've listened to an earlier episode of the show, at least you know who's left this conference. Well, I'm all right. This is going to be the test. Okay. So if you're listening, pause the podcast right now, and I will, I'm going to ask you to name nine Conference USA teams. So there's nine of them. I'm giving you a hint. Pause the podcast, quiz yourself, and then come back, and we're going to give you the answers, okay? All right, welcome back in for pausing that podcast. Let's do it. 
Western Kentucky, UTEP, Middle Tennessee, Louisiana Tech, FIU. Well, Tim, that wasn't very hard. We we knew all those teams. Okay, here we go. Liberty, New Mexico State, Sam Houston State, and the Gamecocks of Jacksonville State. If you got all nine, kudos to you. Uh, and uh, and honestly, bonus very points proud. if you know that Jacksonville State is not in Jacksonville, Florida. I was just going to say it's not in Jacksonville, Florida, but they do have a coach who almost went to the national championship. Can anyone else pause the podcast, folks? Who's Jacksonville State's head coach? Yes, Rich Rodriguez. So the Rich Rod man is back in uh, in Division One college football. What a uh, ooh, let me be nice here. Uh, eclectic. <laughs> group of teams in the conference usa yikes sure eclectic is yeah that works i think that's a, a good word for it i mean look you know obviously six teams uh moving over to the aac so this conference with nine teams this year and by the way i don't know if you want to pause the podcast again or not but there is a 10th team that will join conference usa next year and it is kennesaw state owls Ooh. so uh, this conference is going to get even better next year yeah, can't wait. It's uh, it, it's lovely. <laughs> All right, let's go through the odds. There are, you know, we're gonna get so many one star reviews from Conference USA fans at this point. Hey, you know what? Uh, all kidding aside, before you hit that one-star review, please just be nice. You know, we're, we're growing five stars, please. Before you get mad at us, your conference is gonna get a lot of eyeballs. I don't know if it's gonna have a catchy nickname like Maction, but you better believe we'll be betting some CUSA action Tuesday. Wednesday, Thursday, they are uh, they are getting a whole lot of midweek games in there. So we are going to know this conference a lot, Adam, as this year goes on. Yeah, and as you mentioned, I mean, look, all joking aside, we we know that if there's football on in a Hell standalone yeah, setting in the middle of the week, people are going to bet on it. So we make jokes about this conference, but look. There's a lot of homework that needs to be done on some of these teams because, you know, obviously people know Liberty. I mean, they've been a top 25 team over the last few years, but New Mexico State, probably a team people aren't super familiar with. Obviously not Sam Houston State and Jacksonville State, but these are teams that will play standalone games Tuesday and Wednesday, you know, in late September, all of October. So if you want to make smart, informed wagers on those games, it is very much in your best interest to pay close attention to this show, pay attention to you know the college football betting guide that we have coming out on August 3rd, uh, and of course, you know, paying attention to what we have to say on VEASAN as we break down these games probably on game day. Yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, we will, and uh, they start up early, man. You know, Late September, early October, they get right into it uh, with those midweek games. So let's go through the odds uh, since, Adam, you did write up this conference uh, like I did earlier this week when we previewed the American Athletic Conference. Uh, I gave you the top five, and uh, if you want to go deeper, we can do that, but let's uh, let's run through these. The favorite at both Circa and DraftKings, a little bit of discrepancy in the price. Uh, Western Kentucky, the Hilltoppers. Uh, we will dive into uh, Austin Reed staying at Western Kentucky, which is certainly a massive coup there for the Hilltoppers. They're plus 115 at Circa, plus 130 at DraftKings. Liberty, uh, they lose their head coach, Hugh Freeze, but they go out and get Jamie Chadwell. They're certainly not afraid to spend some cash. Uh, I believe it was a f seven year deal worth like almost $30 million 
uh, for Jamie Chadwell. Plus 240 at DraftKings for the Flames. Plus 250 at Circa. The Blue Raiders uh, from Murfreesboro, Tennessee, Middle Tennessee State, uh, are at uh, plus 450 at DraftKings, 6-1 to at Circa. Uh, Rick Stockstill is still the head coach there. That is, uh, that's wild. Uh, Louisiana Tech, 10 to 1 at Circa and uh, 8 to 1 at DraftKings. And uh, the UTEP Miners, what up, Miner Nation? Um, they are at 12 to 1 at DraftKings. Is there any reason to go further, Mr. Burke? No, not really. <laughs> you got New Mexico <laughs> State, 25 to 1, FIU, who I distinctly remember. When we were recording this podcast last season, talking about FIU when they were four and four, sitting there saying that Mike McIntyre deserved some attention for coach of the year, and then the bottom completely fell out to end <laughs> to end this season for FIU. Uh, but I guess the other thing to note here is that um, Sam Houston State and Jacksonville State not eligible yep. for the conference championship game. They will be next year but they are not this year. So that's why only seven teams listed for this conference when there are nine of them. Dumbest rule in sports, the transition oh, from it's so bad in college basketball. Oh my God. I mean, uh, it's what is it? Five years in college oh. basketball. It's just asinine. Yeah. Because it's really a disadvantage to come up from the D two ranks to D one. We got to punish teams more to make them suck even more. I don't get it. Uh, James Madison should have been bowling last year. They weren't, uh, they were a top 25 team at one point. And yet they weren't allowed to go to a bowl. So Jacksonville State and Sam Houston State not eligible to go to a bowl, I believe, for two years, which is just asinine and dumb. But whatever. Uh, let's uh, let's get into it. Let's get to Western Kentucky. Uh, DraftKings eight and a half plus one fifteen to the over. Uh, even money to the over at Circa. So Circa a little higher on the Hilltoppers. Uh, I'll let you get more in detail. But Austin Reed hit the portal, came out of the portal played in the bowl game they stomped south alabama and he stayed uh i don't know how much money he got there's different numbers being floated out there uh i know there were some uh, teams that were interested uh in his services uh i believe florida might have been poking around a little bit but at the end of the day austin reed remains at uh, western kentucky so a huge win there for tyson helton and whatever nil money collective they've got going down down there in uh in uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky. But uh, what do you look at this uh, Western Kentucky team win total eight and a half? Well, I think one thing that's cool about Conference USA is with nine teams, you play everybody in your conference since you yeah. play the eight game conference schedule. It's not cool for everybody that has to play Western Kentucky, though. I mean, Western Kentucky last year in a better Conference USA doubled up conference opponents 38 to 19 on average, outgained them by an average of 136 yards per game. And this conference is definitely weaker. There's no question about that for this season. So for Reed, not only does he get a nice NIL bag, but he's probably going to throw for 5,000 yards this year. Had 47-44 last year, 40 touchdown passes. Leading receiver Malachi Corley is back. They get a 6-5 transfer in Blue Smith coming over from Cincinnati. Uh, I mean, this team is just going to throw it all over the yard on everybody all season long. They may be nice and run the football a little bit more, but, I mean, if I'm Tyson Helton, I'm letting Austin Reed throw a million times if he wants to and let him put up whatever numbers he wants so that I can get another Austin Reed or somebody similar the following year. So, look, I mean, offensively, the schedule gets weaker. Defensively, they were actually quite good last year, which was kind of obscured because they were so potent on offense. 
They only gave up 23.4 points per game, 5.2 yards per play. Um, they only have four returning starters, but Jaquez Evans was their best defensive player, and he's one of them. Look, they play road games against Ohio State and Troy. To me, those are really the two games that they have you know, a, a very good chance of losing. Other than that, they're favored by a touchdown or more in every other game for me. 9.17 wins is my projection. I think this team wins the conference. I think they go over. I think there's a good chance they win 10 games. I think it would take a complete catastrophe for them not to win 10 games if they beat Troy. So I think Western Kentucky is just easily the class of this conference. So if you want to know if you're going to get to know Western Kentucky, well, folks, I'm here to tell you, you will. Okay, so they play at Ohio State. Uh, That is a September 16th game. I believe we have a time for that. Let me double check here. The old uh, Google machine uh, as Ohio State and Western Kentucky. They will play that game on Fox. So they are on network television week three at Ohio State where they'll likely get their doors blown off. Then they play Troy, very uh, good Sunbelt team. Then they go Thursday night, Middle Tennessee, Thursday night, Louisiana Tech, bye week, Tuesday night, Jacksonville State, Tuesday night, Liberty, all nationally televised. So by Halloween, folks, you're going to know every player on Western Kentucky. I'm telling you, four midweek games for the best team in Conference USA, and they're fun to watch. At least, you know, sometimes you get these conferences, and I'm, I can't remember. You know, some of those Sun Belt teams were kind of boring to watch, you know, really good defensively. Western Kentucky, man, they score a lot of points. My worry is this, and I'm curious your thoughts on this because you wrote up Western Kentucky for the guide here. They lost another offensive coordinator. I mean, Tyson Helton keeps bringing in big, really quality, uh, you know, when he had uh, Kitley and Bailey Zappi, my guy. God, did I win a lot of money that year on Western Kentucky. Um, But they keep losing offensive coordinators. So is that an issue in your eyes as uh, they have another OC coming in? I don't think it's an issue this year because the new OC drew Hollingshead is a Mike Leach disciple. So an air raid guy, which let's be honest, fits pretty well with Austin Reed and what the defenses look like in this conference. So I don't think it'll be an issue this year. I mean, you know, we'll see who they can bring in as the uh, air to Reed, but with Hollingshead coming in as an air raid guy with all the ingredients to throw, I don't really see it being too much of an issue this year. All right, so the favorite is Western Kentucky. The second favorite, based off of the odds, is Liberty, who has a changing of the guard uh, at the head coaching position as Jamie Chadwell comes over from Coastal Carolina. Hugh Freeze leaves to go take the Auburn job. A pretty big exodus of talent out the door there for Liberty. Uh, They lose Day-Day Hunter, who is a stud uh, running back. Uh, they, They lost a lot. Uh, from last year's team the schedule however is just toilet paper soft so that's why you're looking at a a win total at nine at circa plus 105 to the over so what are we expecting from the flames in their first year in CUSA so I'm a little bit below market on Liberty here my projection 8.23 wins for them that being said I do have them favored in 10 of their 12 games pick them on the road at Buffalo Uh, and then favored in almost all of their other games, except for when they play Western Kentucky. So the schedule is Charmin soft, as you mentioned. 
However, there's a few things that concern me about this Liberty team. First of all, when you watch Jamie Chadwell's offense, and I watched a lot of it at Coastal Carolina because it was downright fascinating to me, I think it's a little bit of a tough scheme to grasp. And if you look at the year that he was an interim head coach while Joe Moglio was out dealing with a health issue, and then when he was the offensive coordinator when Moglia came back, and then, of course, his second stint as head coach, the program kind of struggled offensively through that. Now, they got Grayson McCall, and Grayson McCall might be the best group of five quarterback uh, you know that there is here in college football. Reed certainly you know, has some say in that as well. But I think McCall just really grasped this offense extremely well. I don't know how Caden Salter or Jonathan Bennett do with that here at Liberty. It's a lot of pre-snap motion. It's a lot of confusing the defense, but it can also confuse a quarterback too if he's not really well-equipped to handle that offense. So that does concern me a little bit. Now, this conference is atrocious defensively, so that could end up helping Liberty. They have a, a remarkably high floor because of how bad their schedule is, and I can't bet under their win total despite the fact that my numbers kind of project that way. But I am curious to see how quickly they grasp the Chadwell offense. And if it was a McCall thing, if it was the Chadwell offense, whatever it was, how quickly the Flames can pick it up. I just I just want to point out last year and how wacky uh, their results were. So they played four teams that are now in a Power 5 conference. That would be Wake Forest, BYU, Arkansas, and Virginia Tech. They lost by one to Wake Forest, who was a 17-point favorite. They absolutely obliterated BYU when they were a six-point home dog. They went to Arkansas and won 21-19. And then they lost to Virginia Tech when they were actually a 10-point favorite. But one of the more incredible results of last year, and I, I don't think it's hyperbole saying that, they wrapped up the regular season hosting New Mexico State. New Mexico State came into that game as a 24-point underdog. Closed 24-point underdog. New Mexico State won by 35 points. So they were a 24-point underdog, and they won by five touchdowns. That is in just one of the most insane, what is that, 59-point uh, cover? Is that right? Did I do yeah. my math right? 59-point cover for New Mexico State. By the way, those two teams play week two. So uh, revenge there, Liberty hosting New Mexico State. But revenge what a, in a conference game even. What a wacky-ass year uh, for Liberty who, you know, lost to UConn but beat Arkansas, lost to New Mexico State, but beat BYU by four touchdowns. Yeah, and that just speaks to, you know, what can happen at the end of the season because it was no secret whatsoever that Hugh Freeze was leaving, and the team absolutely played like they knew it over those last three games. And so, you know, that's something that you want to keep in mind and also something you want to keep in mind if you're looking at, you know, any of these season win totals or anything like that. Obviously, Jamie Chadwell is not going anywhere. You mentioned that mega contract that he signed but you know if you've got situations where maybe a coach is on the hot seat or you know as we talked about in the AAC podcast 
if a guy like Mike Houston looks like he's got a great opportunity to go coach at an ACC program, maybe like a Virginia, something like that, and the team knows it, sometimes those situations can be a little bit difficult. So, you know, it's tough to kind of project, what, four months in advance, four and a half months in advance. But, you know, those are things that, that can be factors when you talk about these season-long bets. So we go uh, we go in order here. Middle Tennessee next based off of the odds. DraftKings plus 450, uh, Circa at 6-1. to one. Um, So Circa not as high on Middle Tennessee as DraftKings is. Win total sitting at 6.5 at Circa. Juice to the over at minus 120. Uh, they open the season at Alabama at Missouri. So get your uh, get ready there, boys. Uh, then they play Murray State, Colorado State before uh, jumping into conference play. Uh, I mentioned Rick Stockstill still there. Uh, year eighteen for Rick Stockstill as the head coach of the Blue Raiders. Um, how do you look at this Middle Tennessee team uh, heading into twenty twenty three? You know, this is a team that just they they can't escape mediocrity. I mean, you know, they've been pretty talented, even by old Conference USA standards. And it just seems like year in and year out, they just find ways to not really exceed expectations. And this conference is much worse this year, but I still have Middle Tennessee going under their season win total of six and a half. They do have a lot of turnover. They lose Chase Cunningham at quarterback. Nick Vadiato, who had to play two years ago in 2021, then redshirted last year. He'll be the starter. But they lost 180 of their 341 receptions. Um, you know, they just lose a lot at the wide receiver position. And also, over the last two years, Middle Tennessee is plus 23 in turnover margin. And they're just 15 and 11 in those 26 games. So this is a team that just really hasn't performed up to capability, expectation, whatever you want to say. Last year, they gave up almost 300 passing yards per game, but they wound up having 20 interceptions, which were the second most in the nation. So very aggressive. We'll see how that works out for them. I just, this team just, they disappoint me year in and year out. And and this year I'm not going to fall for it. So a team that uh, maybe enjoys the tweaking of the conference. You know, we talked about the American Athletic Conference earlier this week. Temple, you know, is that a team that uh, embraces some new blood and has more success, maybe Navy, as well, uh, UTEP. UTEP is thought to be one of the most challenging jobs in uh, in the FBS. I mean, look back to 2017. This look at this stretch: 0 and 12, 1 and 11, 1 and 11. But they won three games in the COVID season. They made a bowl in 2021. Uh, ultimately, lost to Fresno State in that. Uh, wacky game that Jay Kaner was in the portal and then came out of the portal and whatever Fresno state ultimately won that game. And then last year um, it was my best bet. Uh, I think on this podcast was UTEP catching 17 at UTSA who had already uh, have everything, uh, you know, done for, for the season. And they were up the majority of that game before ultimately losing to UTSA. So failing to get to bowl eligibility win total sits at five and a half. Minus one thirty to the over at uh, circa minus one twenty to the over at DraftKings. They they do bring back a decent amount of talent. They open up the season uh, with a conference game in week zero. By the way, CUSA two games in week zero, including a game on ESPN primetime, uh, which is uh, what New Mexico State I believe is in that game. 
to open up the year. It's uh, New Mexico State UMass to open up the year on ESPN, which is amazing. But um, UTEP kind of intrigues me. You've got at Jacksonville State, um, Incarnate Word FCS program, then at Northwestern, who the hell knows what Northwestern is going to be this year with everything that's going on there. Could we uh, talk ourselves into a little over minor nation here? I certainly think it's possible. I mean, Incarnate Word is a team. So what I kind of did uh, in terms of my projections was I took the end of year Sagarin numbers to do FCS teams. I didn't just want to assume a win. I wanted sure. to have some sort of baseline for it. So I took end of season Sagarin numbers. But Incarnate Word lost a lot from last year, including their head coach, G.J. Kinney, and their entire coaching staff who went with them to Texas State. And like so, their whole team, right? Didn't the whole team like go with them to Texas State, I think? Yeah, I, I think so. So like, I mean, you know, that's one where technically Incarnate Word was a 66 in terms of Sagarin end of year numbers. So I actually have UTEP about an eight point dog in that game, but that won't actually be what the line is. Incarnate Word is a much different team this year. So that would push my projection for UTEP over six wins. It's 5.92 right now that would push it over six wins and they damn well better win over six games because I, I don't think Dana Dimmel holds on to this job if they don't make a bowl game in this iteration of conference USA. So this is a team that I think has to find a way to get to seven, possibly eight wins, something like that. Otherwise I think they'll take a look at him and say, eh, I don't know if this is working out. It is a difficult job in El Paso to be sure. One other thing that's kind of interesting here, and this is something to talk more about with BYU when you talk about the Big 12, but El Paso is at some elevation, and you will have you know, some teams like Liberty going there. You know, you'll have some teams that you know, aren't necessarily used to playing at elevation like that. Uh, New Mexico State is kind of accustomed to it. They sort of play each other. But you know, Louisiana Tech going there, that's not something they're super used to. So you know, that's something that I guess – you know, may kind of actually help uh, UTEP, although I know Louisiana Tech is still a holdover from Conference USA. But you would think they would make more of their home field advantage, and possibly in future seasons they will with this conference kind of getting reimagined. And again, as I mentioned, Kennesaw State, a team that, you know, they've never been to El Paso. So that might help the Miners down the line. I just, I don't know if they'll, you know, take advantage this season. I, I hope that they do for their sake. Um, I, I misspoke and I apologize deeply to CUSA faithful out there. We get three CUSA games in week zero. UTEP at Jacksonville State, 530 Eastern CBS Sports Network. UMass at New Mexico State, which is the ESPN game (laughs) at seven o'clock Eastern. And then FIU at Louisiana Tech, CBS Sports Network, nine Eastern. Four of the nine teams will be, five of the nine teams will be in action in week zero, uh, but uh, UTEP over five and a half. Uh, I'm intrigued. Tickle me intrigued a little bit we, there. We need a the watch minors. party for that New Mexico State UMass game. I mean, I just, not to go on a wild tangent here, I don't know how it all plays out. Maybe the SEC network is, you know, has to have X amount of games because like of the, you know, seven games that we get in week zero. And now obviously Navy Notre Dame was going to NBC. That's contractually obligated. That's a Notre Dame home game. Then you've got UTEP Jacksonville state. Okay. That's CBS sports network. Uh, USC San Jose state is on PAC 12 network. So no one's going to watch it. And then Hawaii Vanderbilt is uh, on the sec network. So 
get ready for UMass in prime time, week zero. But once again, like we said earlier on this podcast, I ain't complaining. I, I can't wait for week zero. I'm excited. I'll watch some of those teams. I'm sure we'll bet a good chunk of those games as well. I feel like it's truth in advertising to call it week zero and have New Mexico State and UMass a couple of uh, <laughs> historically bad teams. But I will say, I mean, New Mexico State, I don't want to jump the shark here if we're going in a certain order, but Jerry Kill did an incredible job with the Aggies last year, getting them to a bowl game. And not only that, they basically went on the road for the quick lane bowl because Bowling Green is like an hour from Detroit and they won the bowl game. An incredible job by Jerry Kill. And, you know, they bring back a lot. Uh, New Mexico State does after, you know, last year they get the they had a, the cancellation due to the tragedy with San Jose State. They were supposed to play San Jose State and San Jose State's uh, had a defensive back uh, get hit by a car and pass away. Uh, so they they petitioned the NCAA. They got to play Valparaiso. They curb stomp them. You know, I mentioned the uh, the win uh, that they had over Liberty. And, uh, and then they get to go to a bowl game for just the second time in like five, six decades or something like that. And they won the bowl game over uh, over Bowling Green. And, you know, their quarterback, is it uh, Diego Pavia? He doesn't suck. He's pretty interesting and fun to watch. He he can run. <laughs> what a compliment for New Mexico State. I mean, I'm just saying, He doesn't man. suck. I mean, here's the thing, Adam. They're a nine-point favorite against an FBS opponent. I know it's UMass who has won a combined, uh, I think it's two games in the last three years. But they're a nine point favorite. I mean, that's telling you where this program is maybe headed uh, with Jerry kill at the helm. Yeah, for sure. I, I will say this though. There's a really interesting, very difficult scheduling quirk here for New Mexico state. So they play UMass at home. As you mentioned, they will be over a touchdown favorite in that game. They play Western Illinois in, in week one. That should be another win. They should start out two and zero. Then they're on the road in Lynchburg, Virginia to face Liberty. They come back and go on the road to Albuquerque and play rival New Mexico. And then immediately following the rivalry game, they're on the road in Honolulu to take on Hawaii. So week two, week three, and week four at Liberty, at New Mexico, at Hawaii. So two very long trips with the rivalry game sandwiched in between. They're very fortunate to have their bye in week five. But man, that Hawaii spot looks brutal for the Aggies. Yeah, and uh, I'm writing up the Mountain West. I think uh, I think Hawaii is going to be better uh, this year. They were feisty at the end of the season. They actually went nine and four ATS last year, uh, believe it or not, and uh, you know beat UNLV late in the season, a game that UNLV could have got the bowl eligibility. So, uh, yeah, that's a that's a really tricky scheduling spot there for the Aggies. Uh, by the way, uh, win total. At six, man, whoo, six for New Mexico State, plus 110 to the over. That's at DraftKings. If you do like the Aggies, five and five and a half at Circa is uh, available. Uh, let's get to Louisiana Tech. Uh, this is a team that uh, they've got a pretty notable name there at the quarterback position. Hank Bachmeyer comes in uh, from Boise State. So it was uh, a lot out, but also a lot in. Uh, Trey Harris, their big-time receiver, transferred out to Ole Miss. Uh, I, I, does Lane Kiffin just live in the portal? I mean, he, he brought in like three quarterback. He brought in Spencer Sanders and Will Howard. Jackson Dart is still there. 
they brought in Zachary Franklin, which we talked about in the American Athletic Conference preview. And they also brought in the top receiver from Louisiana Tech and Trey Harris. Uh, Smoke Harris is still there. And Hank Bachmeyer, as I alluded to, comes in as well. So Louisiana Tech is a team. Win total at six at DraftKings. Uh, excuse me, at Circa, I beg your pardon, plus 115 to the over. Uh, but five and a half, very heavily juiced. But I think it's worth it if you do like the Bulldogs at five and a half minus 170. Uh, Sonny Cumbie, year number two there uh, for uh, for Louisiana Tech. And uh, I think you're kind of intrigued by this uh, Bulldog squad. Yeah, I'm definitely really intrigued by this Bulldog squad. I, I Look, I mean, Hank Bachmeyer is a pretty good quarterback with a lot of experience. And Sonny Cumbie is a brilliant offensive mind. I mean, he was the offensive coordinator at Texas Tech at TCU. Wants to be able to open this playbook up. Needs a guy that can throw. I think Bachmeyer is the guy who can go out there and throw. Keep in mind, they do lose Trey Harris, but all name team member DeColdest Crawford. Yes. Who redshirted last year. Nebraska uh, transfer. Yes. Three-star recruit that, as you mentioned, was originally at Nebraska. Uh, you know, he's back in Louisiana now. He's a Shreveport kid. So, you know, he'll be back in the mix after redshirting here. Uh, kind of like the running back position. They've got, you know, pretty good depth there as well. They were really atrocious defensively, though. That was the big issue for them last season. Can they fix that? That's going to be the big thing. I mean, they gave up a lot of yards. UAB ran for 406 on them in their last game last season. So that'll be the big thing. Can they fix the defense? But Look, you know, even the bad teams can be kind of fun, and I think this will be a fun team. I think this will be a dramatically better offense for the Bulldogs. If there's any measure of improvement on defense, then I think this team does go over five and a half, and my projection's actually for 6.44 wins, so Mm. I do like this. I mean, they get up 47 to North Texas. They're gone. 42 to Rice. They're gone. 51 to UTSA. They're gone. 37 to UAB. They're gone. This conference has gotten weaker offensively and defensively. I think Louisiana Tech, the team that has the chance to really take advantage of it. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. Uh, and I think five and a half. You know, I'll say this, and you know, for programs like Louisiana Tech and like UTEP, uh, teams who are sitting at five and a half, it is so critical to get five and a half and not six. And I, I would say this about all win totals, but you talk about a, a program like UTEP. You don't think that team's going to be busting their ass to try to get the bowl eligibility? I, I I really do believe in that when you look at these G5 levels. You can roll your eyes about uh, bowl games, but on the lower levels, it means something. And I've I've won a lot of money in recent years betting on teams with five wins late in the season to try to get to that to that bowl eligibility. So if you're playing a win total, new uh, you know Louisiana Tech five and a half, UTEP five and a half. Uh, I would, I think that is very, very important. It seems simple, but just make sure you get that five and a half if, if possible. Well, I think it's especially important with Louisiana tech because their last two games, they actually play in week zero. As you mentioned, they play FIU, which that should be the first of, of hopefully, you know, their six wins, their last two games of the regular season, they actually have a buy in week 13. So they don't play the last week that everybody else plays, but their last two games, Sam Houston state and Jacksonville state, the two newcomers, to FBS and of course a couple of tough things about making that transition the first is you know those teams can't get to a bowl game can't make it to the conference championship or anything like that so if they have that chance you know a little bit of a downer for them the second thing is FCS teams don't have the same number of scholarships so when you talk about the teams that transition late in the year they may be running very very shallow on depth 
shouldn't be as much of an issue for Louisiana Tech, could be a big issue for Sam Houston State and Jacksonville State. So that should benefit Louisiana Tech in that quest for bowl eligibility and going over their win total as well. All right, well, let's uh, let's let's go FIU, and then we'll hit the uh, the other two teams that are coming in from the FCS ranks. F- FIU win total three and a half at Circa, even money to the over three at DraftKings minus one fifty uh, to the over for uh, for FIU. We mentioned Mike McIntyre, their head coach. Uh, they found ways to win. Uh, they beat New Mexico State, Charlotte. Louisiana Tech last year and uh, Bryant in overtime, the mighty Bulldogs from Rhode Island. Uh, they also lost 73 to nothing to Western Kentucky. So uh, that wasn't uh, great. North Texas beat them 52 to 14 and uh, FAU beat them 52 to seven. So uh, what do you make of uh, FIU this year? Yeah. I mean, Mike McIntyre, uh, look, he kind of fooled me, I guess, with what they did in the middle of the season, they lost their final four games by a combined 122 points. So that's not particularly great. Uh, Offensively, they just don't have a whole lot of ceiling here. And also they're missing their top wide receiver, Tyrese Chambers. He's gone. Grayson James, 16 touchdown passes or 11 touchdown passes and 11 interceptions. So again, not particularly great. FIU defense, one of the worst in the nation. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, this team has a season win total of three. My projection is only for 2.28 wins. And remember, this conference is not very good this year. So I have very, very low expectations for FIU. Maybe Mike McIntyre overperforms, but somehow I feel like his roster is worse this year than it was last year. The two newbies uh, from the FCS ranks, Sam Houston State, who won the national championship in the spring season. Remember that, folks, uh, in uh, in 2020, went 11-1 the following fall. And then last year, um, I think I heard our friend Brad Powers talking about Sam Houston State and said they, they redshirted a whole bunch of, of players, which I'm sure you could speak to as well. So Sam Houston State uh, and then Jacksonville State, uh, good year last year, nine and two, uh, won their conference. Rich Rodriguez is uh, second year head coach. Obviously, he's had plenty of success uh, at West Virginia, had some success at Arizona on the field. We won't talk about off the field situations there. And uh, Michigan was not uh, was not great. But uh, what do you make of the two newbies this year? Both have win totals. Uh, Sam Houston State four and uh, Jacksonville State four and a half at circa five at DraftKings. Yeah, for Sam Houston State, I mean, I guess we'll see how the players that redshirted came back. Grant Gunnell, uh, Arizona recruit, North Texas transfer. He may start. Keegan Shoemaker, kind of the incumbent there. Offensively, Sam Houston State looks pretty bad, though. I mean, yeah, they redshirted some guys, but they went from 41 points per game in 2021 to 18.3 points per game in 2022. So not exactly how you want to be doing it as you transition to FBS. That said, defensively, they look really good. So this could be a Marshall-esque situation like from last year where Marshall, their games averaged like 40 points per game combined and their conference games were 35 points per game. Sam Houston State, the books may not be able to set totals low enough for this team if their offense is as bad as it was last year because their defense, quite good. I lean under with them, but not a play. Jacksonville State is more interesting because they bring back a, a good amount of returning production. They do have Rich Rod, as you mentioned. 
Uh, Zion Webb, he's in like his 12th season of, of college football. He got approved for a waiver by the NCAA, so he'll be their starting quarterback. Um, you know, look, I mean, this is a very, very young defensive coordinator in Zach Alley. I think he's only 30, 30 or 31 years old. Um, you know, a, a decent team, especially by the standards of this conference. If you asked me who would be better between Jacksonville State and Sam Houston State, I would tell you Jacksonville State. But again, obviously a lot of uncertainty with these teams that make that leap up to Division 1A with with fewer scholarships and, you know, all those different types of things. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, all right. Uh, putting a bow on CUSA uh, over on Western Kentucky for Mr. Burke. You can get plus money at DraftKings on that. Uh, let me ask you this. So at DraftKings, it's plus 115 over eight and a half, or it's plus 130 on CUSA title. Which would you prefer, over eight and a half or to win the Conference USA? Well, that's a good question, especially because I, I don't really think a ton of Liberty, as I mentioned, with them going to the Chadwell offense. Middle Tennessee, I don't think a lot of. I could legitimately see Louisiana Tech being in that title game against Western Kentucky where the Hilltoppers would be you know, a pretty decent favorite in that game, probably close to a double-digit favorite. So I, I think plus 130s, I think both of them are good. But, you know, obviously plus 130, you're getting a little bit better uh, juice for the squeeze there. So either one's good with me, but I, I I would find it very difficult to see somebody other than Western Kentucky win this conference. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. Uh, you also like Louisiana Tech, uh, juicy to the over five and a half. But uh, I would say make sure you get that five and a half. Don't settle for the six. And then uh, I'm intrigued by UTEP, man. I, I know that you come, you you did the write up on this, but just. Looking at that schedule, uh, they return a decent amount. Win total sitting at five and a half. You know, a program that doesn't really get to a ton of bowls. They they got to a bowl in twenty one, but they've been to just one bowl since two thousand fifteen. So I, I could see UTEP trying to take advantage of uh, of some of the weaker folks in this conference. And I think the incarnate word um, mass exodus to Texas State is beneficial to them. And then, you know, is Northwestern a toss-up now? They, they'll they be a dog, but, I mean, who the hell knows what Northwestern's going to be this year uh, with uh, with that program. So I think UTEP interests me at over five and a half. But uh, for you, Western Kentucky over, Louisiana Tech over, anything else uh, worth, uh, worth a look? No, I don't think so. I mean, again, the thing that's really difficult about Liberty is while I think they could struggle, that that schedule is is one of the worst in college football, to say the least. The only other one I guess I could kind of think about, the reality is they probably go three and nine, but I, I could talk myself into FIU under. But again, I mean, you know, is is FIU really going to struggle that badly with teams like Sam Houston State and Jacksonville State, the newcomers here in this conference? I don't know. But that's a team that uh, I only have them favored in one game, and it's against Maine. So, you know, they're a double-digit dog in, what, nine, ten of their games? Nine of their games? So, you know, for FIU, I think this will be a really ugly season for Mike McIntyre. Yeah, minus 120, under three and a half at Circa, if you do like uh, the Golden Panthers under their total. Maine losing their quarterback to to UConn, uh, which is a, a big blow for the Black Bears. So, you know. Look out for that. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for the Conference USA breakdown. Uh, the obligatory promo read, Adam, on what we've got going regarding our content is what? 
Yeah, our college football betting guide, August 3rd, VEASAN summer kickoff special is available. That gets you coverage through February 11th. Also, introductory offer. Uh, you can do that for your first month, get a discounted price, and get our NFL guide, which came out June 29th. Still very relevant heading into the season. And our college guide on August 3rd. Also, we'll be doing a refreshed NFL guide. Uh, I believe it's a week before the season starts. So we'll talk about you know some of the movement in terms of training camp, injuries, updated best bets from everybody. We're going to try to get one from everybody who's on air for that refreshed guide. So you'll also get that, whether you do the introductory offer or you do that summer kickoff special. All right, there you have it. Much more content coming down on this feed later this week. The Mountain West uh, should have a couple more big picture win total place uh, content for you. Uh, next week and then we will start getting into the power five conference breakdowns again we didn't have vsin writers because lots of people have been uh busy we will have the matt humans is the the west reynolds the zach cohen's myself and uh and more from adam burke as the weeks go on into the month of august but that's going to do it please rate review and subscribe to the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast for Adam Burke at Skating Tripods. I am Tim Murray at 1 Tim Murray. We will talk to you later this week right here on the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.